0: to The breakfast show, you're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8, or 88 on the Faith FM network. And you are joined by Danuta and my fabulous co-host Lawson. I love it, it always brings a nice smile onto your face. It always makes
1: me laugh. Yeah. You know, I just, you know, I, I say wonderful about you or amazing or something like this. And, this and, this just, and it's just and it's just always fabulous. And <laughs> and I'm like, I, I just always think about the connotations of that. I'm like, what does that what does it mean to be? Fabulous, And am I that? You know, hey, let us know, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. am I fabulous?
0: <laughs> or do we use the word wonderful? But well, oh, we've got to use some different ones Absolutely. Too. Yeah, hey. hey, what it are it you up. grateful for today or what's on your mind? Uh, I just
1: had an amazing day yesterday. I spent most of the day cool. with my friend. Shout out, Caleb. We studied the Bible together. Yeah. And then we, we hung out. We had lunch with a few other people in Newcastle. Guess what we ate for lunch, too? Yeah, yeah, Japanese no, or Korean no. or one <laughs> of those. <laughs> <laughs> we had uh, we we made sushi at oh. home, so it's it's the be- like making sushi is so easy. We're gonna have Jeremy Dixon on very soon. Yes. He's gonna be talking about all things. He's like our food cooking expert but dude making sushi is so easy you just make a pot of rice cut a bunch of ingredients into like little sticks yeah and then you just get your seaweed chuck your rice on it chuck those and then roll it up it's like you have like a a line roll it up
0: in what the, like, the seaweed. like in the seaweed, that's right, that's yeah, right, yeah the seaweed. you roll it over, you, know, you roll and press, roll the and press. seaweed stuff. Yeah. You, you obviously or, really like it. Oh, it's well, meant to be really good I for you. I love seaweed. Seaweed, right.
1: there's a few different types of seaweed. There's like yeah. roasted seaweed, which True. is more just for like, well, it's all roasted, but yeah. like there's particularly like, they, sometimes it's a bit more flaky just for eating by itself. And then like what they call nori, which is the kind of seaweed that goes in sushi. It's a little bit more um tough so that it can, you know, roll everything up. Wow. And so like but it, it is it is the bomb. Sounds yum. It is literally we've got so to come, yum. We've
0: got to come and have you make sushi sometime. Absolutely. I think that's oh, the in thing. the studio
1: on <laughs> air, we'll, we'll have a sushi line going. <laughs>
0: And coming up on our show today, we have our interview with Jeremy Dixon on healthy flavour enhancers. We've got our news on protesting and significant new, new museum that's going to open up soon in the UK. And in our Bible study, we're going to look at how walls and divisions come down through Jesus Christ and how it gives us peace.
1: You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different.
0: Lawson, it's come time for us to do our first quiz question for today. Yeah, your penultimate
1: opportunity <laughs> to get into the quiz. I mean, you have five penultimate opportunities. This is our second last day. Of course, we do our draw tomorrow and you'll have some questions again. But you guys, you have to be on the ball today. Mm. All right, here we go. Fill in the blank. These are the most scary questions for me because I'm always tempted to say the answer. But Mark 122, the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had blank not as the teachers of the law. 0491064669 is the number to text. If you know the answer to that one, if you do, you'll go into the draw for Daniel Wisdom for the Wise by Zdravko Stefanovic. That's it. You
0: pronounced it well. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. Zdravko (laughs) Stefanovic. This is a chapter by chapter, verse by verse, practical and theoretical. Thorough commentary and basically getting through exegeting the book of Daniel and showing us the important application prophetically, but also personally too. Personally,
0: for today's day, absolutely.
1: Right. So, if you want this amazing book, Daniel Wisdom for the Wise zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Answer the questions correctly, you'll get in for the draw. Again, fill in the blank. Mark one twenty two. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had blank blank not as the teachers of the law. 0491 064
0: 669. So text us in in, in your answers on 0491 064 669. That's the number again. Hey, Lawson, I've got some exciting news of a new museum that's actually going... Up in autumn So our equivalent Of spring In sure. Britain So it's going uh-huh. to Actually open up In October mm-hmm. And it's actually A faith museum Can you believe it Which is really, really Exciting Yeah A faith museum
1: What what kind of Faiths are they You know Displaying historical Information about
0: Well it's actually Going to be going Back from Right back from The Neolithic um, Ages Which is the age That was You know uh, Part of the, Before the Bronze Age So it's mm-hmm. the end Of the of the Stone Age Sort of Mm-hmm. area and time, and right up to the year 2000. So they're actually going to have different objects, different wow. experiences. They're going to be um, expressed in faith in different ways. Um, mm-hmm. And the place is in the county of Durham. I hope I've pronounced that right. Do, 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 it, Dur- Dur- it's like Durham. It Durham? I think Durham. It's Durham. I think it's Durham, I think it's yeah. Durham isn't yeah. it? So it's in, in the northern part of the UK, so mm-hmm. just be below Scotland. And it's going to be in the historic Auckland Castle, or mm. also known as Bishop's Auckland Castle as wow. well. So um, it's really exciting. And it's actually going to have about 250 objects um, from about 50 institutions and private collections from across England, Scotland and Wales. So looking at the history of faith and Christianity, particularly wow. in Britain, which is exciting, isn't yeah. it?
1: Yeah, in Britain. And, and I could imagine extending back uh, back past that point to the if they're going to the neolithic era mm-hmm. then we're talking back you know that's heavily like well judaism or what you could feel like the the religion of the israelites like you know bib, you know biblically worshiping god and and this kind of thing was really contained within the middle east but because it was it was only up until the roman empire that we we saw england going to transfer over to Christianity. But during all that time, you know, I think this is going to be amazing. Very, very. Oh,
0: just really exciting. I mean, it also, it's going to include a silver Roman ring that was actually only excavated in 2014. Oh, wow. um, At the Roman fort of Vinovium. Mm. So it's going to include that sort of stuff. But what I was really excited to find out that it's actually going to house the copy of William Tyndale's English translation of the New Testament from 1536. That's of course, William Tyndale is a, was a really prominent prominent um, scholar, and mm. uh, he actually went to Oxford University, but he came to a point of believing that people should have access to the Bible in English, because at that stage it still wasn't in English, and he mm. actually believed that it ought to be translated into English, mm. and so he he's classified, William Tyndale's classified as one of the great reformers. Absolutely. You know, from the Reformation movement, so um, uh, Luther, Martin Luther was, of course, a, a key one, and of course... That that started uh, towards the, the the Lutheran movement, but here with William Tyndale, he actually wanted to translate the Bible into English, and he wasn't allowed. You know, it wasn't something that was looked upon really well in England. Yeah. Of course, because uh, there was uh, so it would actually give people access to knowing the Bible. Yeah. And at that stage, there was you know so many restrictions. It was like the priests would actually read read from yeah. the Word, and then the people would believe that. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, it meant that if people had the Word in their hands, they would actually be able to discover the things for themselves. Now, with William Tyndale, of course, he um, he then went across to Germany to get it printed because it wasn't actually approved to be done in sure. Britain. Mm. And he came back. In fact, he got it had it printed in Cologne. I've been to Cologne, Mm -hmm. um, quite a fascinating place in Germany. But he came back and he actually brought, you know, English printed Bibles, which is really, Mm. I think, jolly exciting. So yeah,
1: absolutely. And of course, the the context of the time—you've got, uh, you know, in 1517, Martin Luther—he's nailing the 99 99 theses to the the door of Wittenberg in in Germany, and. The reason that happened is because like the the reason for the Protestant Reformation is wholly and solely because of the reading of the Bible. Absolutely. For Martin Luther, he could read and understand Latin, which the Bible yes. had been locked away into, you know, yes. into this language that no one spoke, yeah, from and, the
0: Hebrew and the Greek, and, yeah, and then it was Latin. That's, that's right. right.
1: They translated it into the to the Latin Vulgate. That's no it. one could read it except for priests because no one learned Latin at the time. Like there was no mm. need for the Latin language, and we saw it was Martin Luther. He has this experience reading the Bible, being so inspired that that hey, we're we're, we're seriously doing something wrong here. We need change. We need yeah. to stand. And with God's Word. But then furthermore, they saw, it's like, okay, if the Bible... You know, for for Martin Luther and for these guys, if the Bible can, you know, reveal such truth and lead us so close to God, mm. well, then everyone needs it. And
0: everyone it's, needs and,
1: it. And, you know, the William Tyndale, like, foundation, like, Tyndale as a company yeah. exists all the way until this day, making Bibles, Make distributing them ones. around the world. And for us as Christians, you know. We've got here,
0: access to it now because of access. William Tyndale, which is really significant.
1: And his legacy goes forward, oh. you know, even further. You know, you hear amazing stories. We get Voice of the Martyrs on here, yeah. our Resident, You know, they talk about Christian persecution right across the world, talking about weather ballooning Bibles into North Korea and yeah. doing all these amazing things. Like, it really is the Word of God that changes lives. And it's amazing to see that legacy from the time of William Tyndale where he was like, people need to be able to read the Word. And so he went out of his way, traveled all over Europe just to get this thing printed. Oh,
0: absolutely. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm just really excited that I'd, I'd, mm. I'd almost make this trip to England to go and see <laughs> to go exactly it that, to see that Bible, which mm. is which is just so um, fantastic. And so, yeah, they're going to go back over 2,000 years of, of, of history. You know, the ground floor traces a path through 6,000 years of faith. Um, mm. And so it's really significant, of course. You know, the fish was a really strong symbol and so was the anchor um, back in the early, you know, f- right, for the yeah. early Christians. So Absolutely. those sort of things are going to dis- be displayed, which is really exciting. Mm. Hey, on another note that within Australia, it's always great to have the Australian stories. Um, in Western Australia, researchers have actually discovered that the honeybees, the Australian honeypot ant, um, is highly effective, uh, the properties of the honey that the honeypot pot act- Aunt, ant, oh, my tongue is twisting here. Honey pot, ant actually produces, is actually highly effective against... Golden staff. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is really exciting. So, their honey is actually stored in their abdomen, and the honey is actually produced uh, properties that are antibacterial and antifungal. And Mm. so, it's got similar effects to Manuka honey and uh, the Jarrah honey. But, of course, uh, these ants are typically found in desert areas in Western Australia and Northern Territory. But basically, you know, here medicine or science is now catching up with what our First Nations people have done for many, many, many years. Oh, wow. Because the first First Nations people, actually, the women would actually go out and dig into the ground and actually bring them back and they would actually use that um, for many years as bush food and traditional medicine for colds and sore throats. So I think that's fascinating and and it's fascinating, of course, that our First Nations people... Mm. Um, you know, have so many ways that they lived that was according to, you know, God's ways of living off the land, Mm. you know, that it's just so, so important. And, and so now what they're, the researchers are finding is that what the First Nations people have, have known for so many years, they've now discovered, Hey, this is actually something that we ought to be taking notice of, which I think is, and it's happening here in Australia, of course.
1: Absolutely. And of course, it is the Bible itself too, that has such encouragement to to eat honey so sweet and so good for us so fantastic start. and it's amazing to hear the history with yeah with our first nations people yeah. they're able to see something so beneficial and and practice it and experience it themselves you're listening to the breakfast Show podcast on faith fm positively different
0: Coming up, our, our next question, please, Lawson yeah, with the quiz.
1: absolutely. Who was let down in a basket through a window in a wall in Damascus? Oh, Zero another f-
0: wall question today. We had wall, I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, win, window. Yeah, we we, window. We, we had once window once yesterday. yesterday. We've
1: got wall today. Well, this is kind of a window question window too. Window
0: in a wall, that's yeah, what I'm saying. that's
1: right. <laughs> hey, you're listening to The Breakfast <laughs> Show. Who was let down in a basket through a window in a wall in Damascus? You know the answer to that one, Zero four nine Nine one zero six four six six nine. There are prize Zdravko Stefanovic's Daniel Wisdom for the Wise. As we said before, an amazing commentary on the book of Daniel. Hey, if you want to answer the quiz this morning, if you want to put your answers in, really play the game, but you're not necessarily looking to win the prize. You can state it or start We'll put yes. a note next to your name on our list there. So all you have to do is. You know, put a little star emoji or an asterisk, something like that, or just say, "Hey, I'm playing just for fun." We'll be able to note that. But if you're not playing just for fun, if you're playing to win, which is one of my favorite things to do, I'm, I am a very competitive person. If you're <laughs> pay, playing to win, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Again, that question was, "Who was let down in a basket through a window in a wall in Damascus?"
0: And a little clue with that one. That name keeps coming up quite regularly in our Bible study at the hey, moment too. Absolutely. That's a, so that's a real clue. And we've actually already got several answers that have come in. In fact, they're throwing, coming in thick and fast today, yep. aren't Correct they? Correct answers. So,
1: Fantastic yeah. work, guys. Awesome. Okay, so in our current news, i look at what's happening. Lots protesting. I, I know I've talked about this before, but... There is an interesting place in which protesting is cropping up, which it has been for a while, and that is in the area of climate change.
0: Mm. So
1: climate activists, climate protesters, I think some of us would be familiar with some of the antics that they have done. But they have vowed, so there's a, a climate activist group in the UK, it's called Just Stop Oil, and they have vowed to shut down London. Wow. They are like, we are going like to... Like all of London, to, that's
0: like massive. They're
1: like, we are going to disrupt London. Of course, you would you would know that because you lived I in the lived UK. There. So.
0: I lived there and, you know, I spent a bit of time. I was mostly in the country areas, but mm. I actually spent, a, um you know, quite a number of days and going back in regularly into London because I love London, like, you know, Trafalgar Square and mm. all of those areas and, of course, Buckingham Palace and all those yeah. areas. But, I mean, there's millions of people in London.
1: Yeah, but they have vowed that they will shut London down. And how they'll do so is basically just sitting on roads. They're like, yep, we'll sit on roads. And they've been going to a whole host of sporting events recently. Uh, Most recently, they were at a, you know, a a green where they, you know, uh, there was a huge golf competition taking place, and open happening, and they threw powdered orange paint all over the green, which Mm. I could imagine would absolutely infiltrate. Yes. The the keepers of the green man. They yeah. are especially when it when it comes to like looking at when you when you've got the green, when you've got like the, the part where you part on, you're not even allowed to drive a goat Golf cart across because no, they're, they're really you? touchy about it, and I could imagine how much they would have blown up. I and mean, these guys were like dragged off and like arrested as a result. Uh, they're also at Wimbledon, you know, they're at Wimbledon throwing themselves on the court and whatnot. And most recently, as I said, they're shutting down London by going and they're standing on roads to make their point: just stop oil. They're like, "No, nah, we need to get rid of oil usage," which is it's pretty intense. I'm like, how is it necessarily a citizen's fault to do that? There's only so many Teslas, and yeah. there's only so many people who can afford. Ford yeah. It's more of a legislative issue. And I guess that they're trying to raise awareness by shutting down the roads and, and making a point to the, the political figures who actually have the power to make those changes. But for everyone else, it's, you know, I guess they're making the point, oh, you need to be able to ride a bicycle. Like, I'm trying to think of their practical solutions or why they would be targeting. You know, I get big sports events if they want to make a scene, but why target roads and why just sit on roads and stop that's traffic?
0: Gonna, that's I mean, it's it's hard enough already in life. And the traffic's really bad. Like, Uh I remember trying to catch a taxi, you know, to the airport. You know, within a certain time frame, but you're all, you're always running late somewhere. At least I was. Yeah, anyway. absolutely. Well, it's <laughs> and so it's going to cause such a chaos in London. Seriously, in every single way.
1: Man, it's always in those big cities. It's London, oh. it's Sydney, it's New York, it's Los Angeles, all of these places. Yeah, I was talking to a friend recently. He's like, he he's moved here to Australia from LA, and he's just like, yeah, you know, I would I would have like a twenty kilometer drive to work that would take an hour and a half. That kind of thing. Like, yeah. just traffic is awful. And so they're making that. They're exacerbating it. They're making it even worse by jumping on the freeway. And now, you know, people are blowing up at them and dragging them off the road and doing that and whatnot. But there was one particular instance that came out that kind of went viral. A video went up online of this, of a lady who got out of the car and went up to the protesters and she's pleading with them, like begging them, please get out of the way. I'm rushing my baby to hospital right now. I have to go to hospital. Oh, wow. Like my, my baby needs this. Like this is yeah. my child. Like they're on their way to the emergency room. Wow. And the climate actors are like, they nah. don't care. They're like, nah. Yeah. You know, oh, we're standing for you know, whatever. And by the way, Just Stop Oil, I think in a lot of senses, it's a good cause, okay? You know, in, in 2010, when BP, like, blew up that uh, oil drilling thing <laughs> and, and all the that gulf area was d- completely drowned in oil, like, that's disgusting and it's awful and it's, like, ruining ecosystems. Like, there are in some facets, in some ways, where oil is doing catastrophic, yeah. having catastrophic effects on the environment. You know, and it's oil, it's plastic. Like, there are, in some ways, it's like, wow, this is terrible, and we need to find a solution to this because I, I don't want to see the environment harmed in this way.
0: Absolutely, but you know, the thing is, I mean, and, and I agree that I mean, it's a, it's mm-hmm. a good point that you know on the whole oil issue. But here's the thing, you know, virtually every house in the UK. They don't have the kind of heating like we have here. It's oil oil heaters. Yeah. They're actually on the wall. They're attached yeah, yeah, on yeah. the wall. And of course it's freezing in the yeah. wintertime there. Yeah. So, you know, it it is important it, it is important for the UK's, but yeah, like yeah, they're, they're, and, and
1: they're, also with the UK, you don't have the opportunity to make huge solar farms. That's why they do, they do more it? wind farming there as well. But the point is, we can sit here and speculate, <laughs> not as experts, as to how the UK can it. solve their no, energy no, crisis no. and problem, which is actually you know hugely being affected by the Ukraine war right now because they're not you know receiving lots of uh, natural gas from Russia. All these kinds of things. But regardless. This protesting is so stupid. And this lady, she's just like begging them, please let me through. Like, please, I have Mm. to go to the hospital. And they're ultimately not. And I think it just goes to show you can stand for a good issue. But if your character is flawed... Then yeah. it's it's just so it's terrible. But it it that, doesn't serve the issue that you're standing for well.
0: That's a, well. That even in this case, they're not consider considerate. That's probably the word here mm. of the lady's situation. I mean, imagine if a woman was about to give birth too and is is needing to go to the hospital mm. and is in labour. Would they let her through too or not? You know. Yeah. So, but. What you're saying is that the character here is important, hey? Yeah,
1: and there's right. not... Because then I'm just thinking, why isn't that legislation being made against this, you know, mm-hmm. against this type of protesting? Mm-hmm. Why aren't they passing bills? And I'm going to kind of highlight some things that are happening in America, where it is taking place. But why aren't they passing bills to be able to do something like this? And, and I guess it's because, you know, this climate change... Uh, protesting the, the sentiment itself is quite popular. It's like no one has a problem necessarily. Well, there might be some people who have a problem, but I think the idea of protecting the climate in its base sense, I don't want to talk about New World Order or agenda mm. or anything like that. I think in its, in its very basis, the idea of protecting the planet is something that actually comes from God. God yes. gave us the role of being custodians of this earth and looking after it. And so, no one's necessarily but also it's just popular amongst people. no one's making legislation against it and even though those who are participating in protesting for this are doing such a you know horrible job at it mm. and, and actually making the issue look you know bad itself like not they're not representing the issue well if you then head over to the United States. And we're going to have a look at some protesting that's happening there. And in the form of... So, there has been really heavy legislation made in regards to protesting around abortion. Wow. And in the United States, you are not allowed to be within a certain footage, whether I think it's up to... It's like 100 to 200 feet. You're not allowed to be within abortion clinics with any information that would dissuade someone from going and getting an abortion. They're like, you're, you're not allowed to do that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that around the abortion issue... I, I think there could potentially be some bad acting and bad protesting that does take place. I think in in any issue there are- and
0: it's a sensitive situation for people sure. at that time. They're going through enough emotions without having the pressure of protest. Yeah,
1: but yeah, I think. Definitely, you know, and I think people could misrepresent godly causes in a bad way, you know, I think that there's, well, there's literally wars that have happened over religion. So I'm like, I, you know, I'm not going to say, I think the big point here is, although you have uh, an issue that you care about. If you protest in the wrong way, then that can not necessarily bring people towards your issue and to consider your issue, but rather drive people away. But there was Mm -hmm. a particular story that came out. This came from Washington, D.C. of two pro-life activists who were in their zone. So they were outside Mm -hmm. of the the legislation Mm -hmm. zone Mm -hmm. and they were sitting there and they had a rack of literature that they were wanting to give people you know just to raise awareness about the issue Mm -hmm. they're not project they're not standing in front of the doors they're not attacking anyone (laughs) they're just standing there with their uh literature you know that just gives information about other alternatives to abortion because in a lot of cases in most cases like it's just, yeah, it's it, it, just letting them know about just, the other options. It's not the way to go, and yeah. so they're they're trying to help these people to know and to understand that hey, they have another option. And as a result of this, there was a group of people who disagreed with them who mobbed their little stall there and you know smashed the 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 rack holding the literature they had throw the one of the ladies there this one woman goes up and takes the lid off her coffee cup and throws hot coffee in this lady's no. face just like burning her and then her husband this this woman well actually sorry the another activist who was there with this lady got coffee thrown all over he she just went because it was like a he, she she had the coffee and the cup thrown at her and it was like a flask. And so they went to just pick up the flask and the husband of the woman who had thrown coffee on this lady went and punched this guy in the face and like started beating him up. And they're like yelling all these like slurs at them. So there was
0: this major fight starting to happen right there.
1: Literally they were standing there with their literature, just, you know, offering it to people as they're walking by and they started getting beaten
0: up and
1: the cops in Washington DC aren't, pressing charges they're not calling it an assault even though it's clearly an assault there's even a, i've seen the video myself it's like they walk up throw coffee start punching all these people there's been nothing inflammatory said and then this nothing is happening done about it. and now there's been nothing done about it and you can see when an issue isn't necessarily as popular and when people are protesting the right way that then there's no protections for yeah. them and it's, it's really sad to see that something as necessary as protesting. And mm-hmm. I would say it's necessary because I am a Protestant. We talked earlier about yeah. William Timdale. <laughs> we talked earlier about Martin, Martin Luther. Luther yeah, we want to stand for good issues mm-hmm. in, the right way, in the right way, in a godly way. But even when people are doing so, yeah. they're being attacked, they're being mistreated, they're being persecuted, and there's, there's nothing protecting them. And so yeah. it's, it's, it's a very touchy issue, but it, again I think these people are doing the right thing and I think that the way they're being treated and then they even their response to continue to be peaceful in that situation I think is reflecting the character of God in them so mm. praise God for what they're doing praise God for their work you're listening to the breakfast Show podcast on faith fm positively different
0: Lawson, what's our next question for our quiz today?
1: Sure, in Job chapter 28, it discusses many precious stones and metals before stating that gold and crystal cannot equal it. Which attribute is being described as beyond Compare now. This one is a multiple choice. So here mm. it are: Which attribute is being described as beyond compared, being likened to gold and crystal and whatnot? Is it a wisdom, b faith, c chastity, or d mercy? Again, that question. Job in the twenty eighth chapter discusses many precious stones and metals before stating that gold and crystal cannot equal it. But what it cannot, what can gold and crystal not equal? Is mm. it a wisdom b faith c chastity or d mercy if you know the answer to that one, one zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number two text on the breakfast show you'll go into the draw to win daniel wisdom for the wise by zdravko sefanovic but again that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine those options a wisdom b faith c chastity or d mercy
0: Interesting choices, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah, so you go in the draw for the book of Daniel, Wisdom for the Wise. That mm. number again is 0491 064 We've got heaps of um, answers coming through today, but mm. right at this moment we've got Jeremy Dixon. Hi, are you there, Jeremy? I'm here. Hey, welcome to our show. Welcome to the breakfast show this morning, Jeremy. Well, we're, you're talking about the healthy flavoured enhancers. Um, yeah, we're, we're really interested in what you've got to share with us today. How are things down there in New Zealand?
2: Yeah, going well. We're still here, so um, yeah, going things well <laughs>
1: you haven't been, You haven't Had been blown <laughs> off the surface of the earth. You know, I'd be worried about that because in New Zealand no, no, is no, such we're a small island. Bit over
2: here in the mission fields. Oh, yeah. powerful. That's awesome. That,
0: that's so cool. That's so good. Jeremy, what have you got to share with us on this topic today? Well,
2: I thought I'd share with you today some kind of some of my healthy flavoring hunts. Oh, yeah. You may have this experience when you're cooking and you're doing a dish and you kind of prepare it and you do it. And, of course, everyone should do a bit of a taste before you serve it. Mm -hmm. And you kind of taste it and go, ugh. Yeah. It's it's just flat. It's just just nothing exciting. It's just boring. And you kind of might add a little bit of salt and kind of, oh, yeah, now it just tastes salty. And you're like, what can I do with this dish? So I kind of want to share some of my Mm. kind of secrets I do when I get in that position.
0: Yeah. So share us some of those secrets.
2: Yes, yeah, so obviously the first thing we're doing a dish, especially like a, like a savoury dish, like a curry or a hot pot or any main dish, is obviously, you know, a lot of, some of the things at the beginning make a big difference at the end. Like for mm. example, you know, good, good, um, you know, fried up onions, um, garlic, ginger, all those things at the beginning of a dish before you start go a long way to kind of infusing flavour through your dish. So you kind of need to do that work at the beginning to get that kind of happening. Mm. So um, if you kind of haven't used those ingredients, you know, you just throw in some, you know, some canned tomatoes and some salt in a pot, you know, it's never going to taste good. But if mm. you'd previously added, um, you know, so, say onions and garlic beforehand and, and um, you know, fried them off so they're nicely, you know, soft, that makes a big difference as well. Sure. Mm. Um, yeah. So that, yeah, so it's kind of the beginnings of it. But if you get to the end of the, of the dish and you kind of want to add some, and here's some things I kind of recommend on my list. Mm. Um, before I do, I want to, you know, there are, in terms of flavor enhancers, Obviously, there's a lot of things you can. Obviously, salt is a natural flavour enhancer, sure. um, which which is great. And I, I I um I recommend using pink Himalayan salt, mm. um which is a, a much better salt than the usual common white table salt. Mm. It has eighty four minerals in it, so I think you know using the Himalayan salt is a great is a great product. It's very healthy, and I think people should use that.
0: I've got Um,
2: got that one in my pantry.
0: Yeah, I've got that one in my pantry. I've got uh, like a big one in my pantry. So that's the only one we use at home. It's it's got a fabulous flavour, hasn't it too?
2: Yeah, exactly. Mm. And it can be, sometimes it varies in in strength. So you kind of watch, sometimes it can be, I generally find it less flavor than kind of white salt. So you mainly Mm. add a little bit more, but again, don't feel guilty about that because it's a really good product. And make sure you get the really fine stuff. It's kind Mm. of annoying, some things, Salt comes in really big chunks or little chunks, and it kind of doesn't dissolve properly, so makes you find a very fine variant. But it should be in most supermarkets. Mm. Um, and obviously, back in the day, you know, MSG was the classic flavour enhancer, um, and that is in a lot of dishes, a lot of stock powders, a lot of chips, flavour enhancer. And it's, all, it's called flavour enhancer number six two one, MSG, monosodium mono glutamate. Uh, and there's a, a few differing opinions around whether it's bad mm. or good. I think it's really bad. Um, and it's just in everything. So I think avoid it like the plague. I think it's, it's, um, it's a very harmful kind of ingredient. Although well, it's quite interesting. I, um, often I looking back into old cookbooks from like the 50s, 60s, mm. and 70s. And often there'll be someone who's like, Oh, Jeremy, I found these old cookbooks. Like, my Adventist person who's a vegetarian. And you pick out some of these Adventist veg- vegetarian cookbooks from the 60s and 70s. And they, back then, they thought MSG was a healthy salt. And they're full of MSG. It's really funny.
1: I would love to know Jeremy. So I I have a friend. Shout out my friend Jared. When I met him, he said he's a Korean American, and he showed he made a slideshow presentation proving that MSG is actually not bad for you. And I, you know, he also he he laughed about it because he's like, oh, this is kind of informed by the fact that, you know, I'm i'm korean and a lot of our food has msg in it and we love it uh, yeah, but yeah, what yeah. what is it that actually makes msg bad for you like why why because I, I of course i've heard the claims and you know i was uh, i was using some like fake chicken stock last night and like on the package right there it's like oh no added msg all these things but w- what is it about msg despite being a flavor enhancer that people like so much because it tastes good w- what makes it unhealthy
2: yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a scientist and won't be able to give you... And you, you can find 50 Google sites that will give you different opinions. Sure. Uh, so I'm not a scientist. But, uh, you yeah, it's a very altered, um, you know, product. It, it's, mm. it's something that's been, you know, chemically engineered and it makes food taste good. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things around. I, you know, I haven't seen any scientific evidence, but I think there's enough other stuff around that you can use. Mm. And, you know, mm. I mean, my, my style is, you know, keeping things whole and simple as well. So that's mm. kind of, you know, and natural and whole food. When you, st- when you start out all these chemicals and things, you think, hmm... You know, there's a lot of you know diseases and stuff going around. I'm not saying yeah, that absolutely. you know causes cancer or anything, yeah. but it just adds up to a, a body that processes things well, a body that works well, a body that cleans as well. That isn't blocked up with chemicals. You know, you're yeah. going to have a better, yeah. a better, healthier life, just in mm. general. Yeah, sure. So the odd, odd bit of MSG in chips is probably not going to kill you, but you know, if it's an ingredient you're using all the time, you know, who knows? Yeah,
1: mm. yeah, absolutely. You know, to stay to stay natural, to stay you know, uh, and exactly. you know, non-genetically altered, it's it's good for you.
2: So anyway, I'll start my list anyway of the things that um, yeah I, I use. Mm. So again, at the end of your dish, things you can potentially stir through, I suppose. But the first thing is, you know, Thai curry pastes mm. um, are really got really good flavour. So particularly like, um, I always have a red curry paste, a yellow curry paste, and a green curry paste. Um, and again, look for ones that don't have shrimp or anything nasty in them. Mm-hmm. Um, probably most of them do, certainly you've seen them do, so you, um uh, sure you find what ones that don't have them. But basically just you know, stirring through a tablespoon of, of green curry paste in the dish, can just add just an extra bit. And you might even notice that it's a hot Thai green curry, but just those nice flavours kind of will mingle with whatever you've got. So that's kind of number one, curry base.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, number two is lemon and lime juice. Mm-hmm. Um, those are two really nice acidic things that can kind of just bring out flavours and other things. Um, so just having some of that on hand um, can be really good to add in. Mm.
0: Hey, Jeremy, would you, just a quick question with that one. You know the bottles that you get with the lemon and lime juice? Like I know natural's best, but yes. are, are they still okay like if you don't have the option of that one at home?
2: Uh, generally, they taste disgusting, so I would advise it. <laughs> Occasion, uh, occasionally you can, occasionally look you can out. find some in pouches. <laughs> I have found some pouches of lemon and lime juice that can be good. You know little pouches with a with a little top on them
1: with a little uh, nice, yep, top yep, top yep. Top. Oh. I
2: see some I use those occasionally. But the ones you find in the um in the little bottles that look like a lemon or look like a lime juice, I mean try them. Do they actually taste like nice lemon and lime juice? Um, most of the <laughs> time no they don't.
0: There you go. That goes um, out of my so, pantry today. <laughs> 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 oh, I use it as a quick I mean, you can get lime juice. I'm stuck.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can find a nice lime juice they use to drink sometimes. So occasionally there are a few brands around, but most of the stuff you find in the baking aisle that says lime and lemon juice just is, um, you know, terrible.
0: There you go. Okay. Number three. What's your number three point?
2: Number three is um, some Dijon mustard. Stirring through something can often give a really nice kind of. A little bit of heat and a little bit of flavour as well. mustard. Especially something that's kind of on the cheesy side, mm. um, can be quite nice as well. Um, next one is, uh, nutritional yeast. Mm. Um, oh, I so love it. again, it's got a really nice cheesy flavour. Um, and we've actually created a kind of a chicken stock at Revive, mm. um, that we sell and was in, in my latest cookbook. Um, and it's just got, you know, it's got nutritional yeast, um, I'll just read out some of the ingredients. So you can make your own, you can, or you can buy it. Basically, nutritional yeast flakes mixed with, you know, turmeric powder, salt, coconut sugar, onion powder, celery seeds, rice flour and paprika. So that's a really, oh, you know, kind of a stock powder that we do with just a nice, a nice bean of spices. So it's in the, the vibe cafe cookbook okay, If you want the recipe, and make your own. Mm. The this nutritional yeast stirred through can actually get a really nice, particularly like getting like a, a, you know, macaroni cheese with cashew sauce or something. You know, stir some nutritional yeast through and that, um, it's got a really nice cheesy flavour.
1: Mm. mm, yum, dude. I actually, I've been using uh, a lot and maybe this is uh, revealing. Uh, maybe not good cooking habits, but I, I've just been, cause I'm vegan, but then I'm obsessed with, I'm like, I want something creamy. And so I've just been adding, yeah. I've got this like fake mayonnaise and I just add it to everything. Yeah. Like it, I'll yeah. be, I'll be eating like, even if it, I'm making like a stir fry, and I'm like, I just want it to be more creamy. So I'll chuck some, <laughs> some fake mayonnaise and stir it in to make it a little bit more white, a little bit more creamy. And I, I, uh, I'd love to know. I think, well, it's a vegan option, but are there other options to do a similar? thing
2: to dressing definitely and through my cookbooks we have got quite a few different dressings we use mm. a really nice dressing is we've got a really nice cashew and lime aioli and, oh, um, so basically you use cashew nuts or cashew butters some lime juice a bit of salt a bit of garlic um and that's basically and a bit of bit of sweetener whether it's maple syrup or dates or something and that's a really good base for a really beautiful cashew and lime aioli Oof. and um be careful the water with the water, ever you kind of just want to start off with a lot and just kind of just put it in slowly, get the right mm. consistency. Um, and yeah, that's a that's a beautiful there that we use on lots of
0: things, and we can
2: recommend that. Mm.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: Sounds yummy.
1: Okay, more flavour enhancers. You got any more for us, Jeremy? You, I do. Oh, I can't. I'm actually just stumped I, by how much you have <laughs> to share. I'm usually like, okay, flavour enhancers, well, that's stretch the distance, my, but you've that, got that, them, that. bro.
0: And my taste buds are going. I'm feeling like I want to have some food. almost <laughs> <right, we, laughs> at the moment. Yes.
1: Do and do that. Jeremy We're always do the hungry. cooking <laughs> for us. We are us. always <laughs> hungry whenever we talk to Jeremy. It's amazing.
0: Uh, <laughs> all right, take it away, Jeremy. What are your next points? Um, I found
2: there's Some really nice chipotle sauces you can find in the um, like the Mexican aisle, these little cans. that have Chipotle peppers is a really mm. nice flavor mm. of pepper, so you can get them some chipotle pepper sauces. They're not too hot, and stir it through anything tomato or through tofu. Just a really beautiful aroma. There's actually a, um, a, a chain in America called Chipotle, which is kind of like a Mexican yep. nacho kind of a place, and um, they have all their meats and tofus and stuff flavored with this chipotle sauce. It's a really beautiful kind of flavor that you can choose as well. So find a little can of that, um, you don't need much and just gives a really nice kind of yeah, just a beautiful kind of burnt slash mild slash peppery kind of a flavour as well.
1: Mm. Mm. Oh that sounds fantastic. Yeah, oh um, <laughs> I I uh like the Chipotle sauce, especially this is this one that I really like. It's called Valentina. And it comes. It's like it's a Mexican, Argentinian sauce. I have yes. a friend from El Salvador. He's like, he would take it. We'd we'd go literally to any restaurant. He'd be a- a- eating anything from from chips to burritos to 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 stir fry to like literally any cuisine. He pulls out the bottle of Valentina. And he's like, I got to get my spice in, dude. It's so good. Peace, peace, peace. Oh.
2: Uh, another, another thing I use is in terms of sugar is I quite like heavy, like coconut sugar mm. or maple syrup. Sometimes you've something pretty tomato-y, it's quite acidic. Mm. So often you need to balance off with a little bit of sweetener. And again, it won't taste sweet, but it just kind of um, balances off the dish a little bit. So a bit of bit of coconut sugar or um, maple syrup stirred in. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't need much. It kind of just takes the edge off some dishes and makes them just kind of um, uh, finish them off nicely. Um, soy sauce can rescue a dish as well Again, oh, absolutely. be really careful um, It's really good for like something Asian But again, don't go too heavy-handed Because it can overpower other flavours mm-hmm. So, um, But something you want kind of salty With a little bit of extract Soy sauce can work Or tamari mm-hmm. Which is a, a, a soy sauce mm-hmm. And sesame oil Is a really nice oil as well To have in your fridge Pick something mm-hmm. Asian Love it Just a couple of drops of that It just kind of pushes This kind of really nice flavour through Again, be careful that Don't overdo it Because it can kill a dish But that's another thing that kind of can work really well.
1: Absolutely. Hey, Jeremy, thank you so much for sharing with us all of these incredible flavor enhancers, how we can eat tastier food.
2: Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.